Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Noah and I right now are, are looking at each other on a, a Zoom conference call. Um, I, I look at you. You're tired. I, I look at me. I don't. I try not to look at myself because I, I mean, why should anybody have to look at this? But I, I like these massive bags under our eyes, and we come into this uh, podcast here tonight. Both of us seeming to be exhausted for completely different reasons. Uh, like we're, it feels like we're like living polar opposite lives right now, uh, but yet we come together in this place every week, uh, exhausted, uh, frustrated, uh, weary, and yet uh, enjoy a couple of laughs. And and we're happy you're you're with us on the Behind the Racket Pod uh, here tonight. And and Noah, you look fashionable. Thank you. Yeah, um, you got chilly. That's, that's about all I can say. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm disappointed because we are recording this, um, so we could put out some videos later. So I had to wear a shirt, which is obviously disappointing mm. for both of us. Correct. Um, but yeah, exhausted. Um, you know, I was watching you play some poker on the side last night. It was it was yeah. fun to see you. Uh, how do we say faceplant after yeah, a after a long session? Um, so that yeah. could be uh, what has <laughs> what we call the designer bags under your eyes right now. Uh, <laughs> man, that one, that one hurt last night. Uh, you can watch me Twitch TV, uh, twitch.tv slash Mike C tennis. But who lost more the person who face planted or the person that stayed up and watched you play for six hours. <laughs> that was what I was doing. Um, but yeah, we're exhausted. It was entertaining. It was, it was entertaining. It was, it was a good time. Um, it took my mind off everything that's happening in the world of tennis, which Surprisingly enough, I know we're not in this world of tennis, but it feels like I have taken a deep dive like I've never done before um, with all that's happening. And it's been exhausting at times, sometimes rewarding with Behind the Racket, a lot of great stuff going down. Also, some, you know, backlash at times. You know, we had, you know, kind of a speed bump that we moved past. And but uh, it's it's been a lot of hours trying to push forward on all fronts right now. I want to talk, as you mentioned, the speed bump. Yes. Um, the the Coco Golf behind the racket obviously created uh, not just within the sport of tennis but more of a, a general sport mm-hmm. buzz um, because of the word depression. Right. Um, you apologized after the New York Times article came out about it. I wanted to just give you this opportunity to maybe speak uh, about why you find this to have been a learning opportunity for you and the the golf family is a little bit 
um, I think concerned that that depression was used over their teenage daughter. Yeah. I mean, you know, I took it upon myself to try to get into contact and make sure, you know, not only did people hear my side of the story, but people heard that I'm taking the fall for some of the things that took place. And I totally understand that. I mean, you know, first of all, as competitors, obviously we're not competing one-on-one, but we all consider each other friends. So the idea of somebody that's a minor is something that doesn't always flow through my head. So that was the first aspect was making sure that I got all the approval needed because of she was or is 16 years old. Um, on the other hand, depression, it's a word that I've been known to throw around, you know, you've dealt with it and I've dealt with it Mm -hmm. at times. And it's something that this day and age, especially this generation, you know, we'll walk around, we'll wake up in the morning. We're like, oh, we're super depressed where that, you know, there's a stigma around that. Is it clinical? Are you taking medication? Have you seen a professional? There's a lot of things that go into that word and it's a trigger word for a lot of people. So again, totally my fault at times. Um, Some people are saying it's not my prerogative to go deeper into it, but I could have asked her a little bit if that's the word she wants to use, you know, at the same time I'm giving people the platform, but I'm not by any means a mental health, you know, psychologist or, um, or psychiatrist in any way that I have, you know, the credentials to go deeper, but, you know, just to give her the opportunity to think about that word in a different manner, I think would have been, um, the responsibility of mine and is from now on. So, um, again, I was more than appreciative that she was so open and honest. And I think a lot of those things are truthful, the whole story and, you know, and it's pretty incredible. And I think whether it's depression or just deep sadness during that time, the way that she managed to get through it and persevere at that age and to accomplish what she has is not only a testament to herself, but her family around her, the people around her. I mean, it was disappointing that people couldn't read the whole story. I only get 2,200 characters, but she said, you know, my family has made sure that I am going to prom. I'm doing this. I have a normal life. I'm smiling at the end of the day. So again, I totally understand, you know, the family being upset and, and um, getting these messages when it wasn't their fault by any means. I mean, this is a player, one of the world's best players dealing with things that 40-year-olds don't even deal with at the age of 15, 14, 15 years old. Things are going to come up in the way that she handled it, the way that her parents handled it. It was very impressive. So I'm disappointed with you know the trigger that I got out. I'm happy that there's a story out there disappointing with the path it took. Um, but I think once we move past that and understand it, I think we can use it as a learning lesson. I know I did just disappointed to take the golf family on the ride along. Moving on. Um, let's talk about, so I received a text. I'm playing poker. I think it's Sunday. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I get a, a text, Noah, from from our good friend, Jamie Loeb. Okay. Uh, podcast guest last July, uh, back when we actually played tennis. And uh, Jamie Loeb says, hey, are you watching ESPN3? <laughs> and I said, why, why the hell would I be watching ESPN3 right now? Is there a cornhole uh, on? <laughs> she says, uh, yeah, Evan is playing Jamie Ceritani. <laughs> like, wait, what? What? Yep. A, I have multiple questions here. Live right now? And B, Double specialist Jamie Saratani. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in down in Orlando, 
they're playing some exhibitions there. It was uh, Evan, uh, Jamie Sertani, Paolo Lorenzi, who will play anybody, anywhere, anytime, even if he, frankly, if he had coronavirus, he'd still be out I was going to say, he would fight it. I would put him on the front lines. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we've got these little, I don't even know what you call it, exhibitions between these players. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Murray announcing earlier today that he's going to try to do during Wimbledon time frame, have an exhibition of the top, British players. And so we've hit this point now mm-hmm. where we're trying to see some of these players start to pop in, do some of these exhibitions. I'm wondering how you feel about that for most a personal aspect, as well as the player aspect. If somebody asked you right now to come play in one of these uh, exhibitions, would you do it? The end was uh, is not a hypothetical. I've been asked for almost all of them at this point to mm. play and this one in, in Florida. Um, obviously all these players that are there now, they are in driving distance. None of them had to fly. So that was the plus side of everything. Um, you know, what I'm looking at is, and I understand this from both points. I mean, we're tennis players. It's all we know. We need money. Desperate times. You know, these are the things that you're feeling. I just, I've had this line. I've used it. I think we have to appreciate that this is not normal life. And I understand that we're playing safe, you know, Dunlop sponsored it where they're giving as many balls as possible. You're writing initials on it, the whole deal. I just, from my point of view, and I guess this is somewhat bringing politics in the mix, we have to appreciate that human life comes first, that we can't live a normal life right now. We can't try to do things. And I understand that money's an issue for a lot of these guys and you want to be playing and you, and who knows, you know, I haven't picked up a racket but is this the right time to be doing this? So let me ask you this. Were you offered money to go play this? This is money oriented, all of this. Okay. Yes. So you're going to get a stipend per week and then you get a smaller, very small bonus on top of it for winning matches. So there's money involved and, and this is where the desperate times and this is where we talk about like you know when nicer weather comes i think society are going to break down the fences and all flock to the beaches when our brains explode and we just need to get outside so you know this is a little earlier than i anticipated to be fighting this and then trying to get this and i understand there's money on the table and espn is looking for content but it's just too early. Like if you're saying, you know, September comes around and we still haven't picked up a racket and things have slowed down a little bit. Okay. Maybe we try something out, but I mean, we, I I'm, I'm in New York. I'm kind of in one of the epicenters of, of this pandemic. And I mean, it's exponentially growing. I mean, the, the deaths and the number of people affected, I have to do my part, you know, and I can't tell others, you know, it's, I guess it's freedom at this point, which is beyond me, but I have to do my part and stay home. You know, if I can, you know, save one life, I have to. So I, I've actually been thinking about this a lot myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was talking with my, my ex-wife today as we were doing the, the drop off with, with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said, you know, uh, there are these exhibitions that happened this weekend. And I, I said, listen, it, if it gets to be June, July, and we're starting to see all these cancellations, say the U.S. Open is canceled, and then you know that's kind of like that last big one for for me, for you, mm-hmm. I have to start thinking about taking some risks, health risks, um, and 
you and I have obviously been talking on this podcast about how we both, uh, you and I are both in line in, in terms of how we feel about that and the health implications, the the global health implications. And I'd have to start thinking about okay, is this worth the risk if we're also getting tested every day while we're there, et cetera? And that's a really difficult spot to be in. But I think if if somebody right now offered me money, a, my, my daily rate, my weekly rate to come down to Orlando, Florida, drive down there, and I got tested, I think I'd do it. I and I, I hate to say that, but that's it, that's my that's my financial reality right now. No, and I and I totally agree. And I thought about it and I was like, what would the dollar figure be for myself mm, to get yeah. there? And there's people that are talking about it. And then, you know, what really put a damper on things was we got, you know, things are getting out in the tennis world. That's just how it is. And, you know, we got um an email from, you know, basically tennis integrity unit, the TIU, saying you can't be involved in anything, even if you're not the one gambling, because a lot of them are trying to sell to gambling sites for a lot of money. And that's where the bigger amounts of money are coming from. We got the email immediately within a week of this conversation I had. It's like they're a fly on the wall and they're like, no, this is not happening. So, you know, again, would I go down for $1,500? Like, yeah, that's money I need, but no. Like, I, you know, I just don't know where that is, where that line is. And do I think we're at the point where we are testing players every day? I don't think they're there yet. You know, are we making sure people are leaving, you know, coming and going safe, you know, safely, whether they have the antibodies, whether they're testing negative, whatever the case may be, already making sure. And I just, it just seems a little early. It seems a little premature to be having um, these tournaments going on right now. That's just, you know, the initial thoughts that come into my mind. Yeah, it's, um, it's, we're not going to go into this route because I, both you and I have rather strong feelings, but like the Novak Djokovic deciding, you know, all the, the fact we're not going into that route because frankly, we actually have more important things we want to get too tired fighting everybody on Twitter anyway. So exactly. Um, but it's, (laughs) we'll never, you and I will never go through a period like this in our lives. I mean, it's, that's the thing is this is unprecedented. Yeah, no kidding. But I, 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 I don't know that I can blame any of those players who who played. I don't. I don't think I can blame them. And yet, I also condemn them at the same time in some weird way. Bless you. Um, and I, it's this. This is where we're at most days, right? Just like, uh, screw you. I'm, yeah, you know, I, I empathize, and yeah, go do it. Right. I, I don't know which one's right, and they're both right. Of course. They're both wrong. I mean, you know, I, I, you look at things, and I even condemn myself at times. I'm like, do I need to go to the grocery store twice in this month, or can I go once? Like, you start questioning yourself for no reason, and yeah. you know, again. You look at it and you're like, when do you call it a necessity? You know, when are you looking at it where it is this feeling of life or death, you know, and it becomes tough. And it's like, you know, this is, again, going to politics, so we'll end it soon. But, you know, when does human life take over and we stop talking about the economy because we make sure human life comes first? And, you know, that's this is where you have to put things on, you know, on a scale and see which way it tips. But it's... uh you question everything because we none of us have been in this situation. We don't know how to go about it, but I think at times greed takes over. So talking about greed and finances yes. and, and money, let's go to the meat uh, of our discussions here today and the bailout here um, being proposed by the ATP, ITF, WTA, 
uh, a total of $6 million for players. Um, what can you tell us about the communications you've had as a player in terms of um, how this is being distributed and what you know about it so far? Yeah, because I don't have a full grasp on it. And this is kind of in the talks. You know, they said it's approximately $6 million split between men and women, it seems like. Um, what I've gotten, the idea is that, you know, through the women's side, it's through the rebates they already got from, you know, uh, division dues and also uh, Indian Wells prize money first round. Could be wrong, but this is, you know, what I'm hearing is part of the money. So, yes, is it good? Are they getting rebates? Does it help? Is it enough? Probably not right now. Um, again, you know, it's just the overall theme here is why aren't we getting communications? Why am I getting emails from the ATP and WTA every week saying, hey, guys, we have physios and we have Tennis United. Watch that. And it's not why don't we have the minutes taken from these meetings and we get an overview, you know, and I understand, you know, they don't want to shock the world. They don't want to see it on Twitter and five seconds after it, but we, that's the risk they have to take. We need to have an understanding of what's going on. So they don't have uneducated tweets out there. So they don't have uneducated podcasts. I want to know what's happening on a deeper level. And again, I know the players council are working hard, but again, I'm still having a lack of communication on that front as well. So it's been very difficult to maneuver the situation when the communication, even now when we're complaining about the communication has been so poor and not involving players outside the top hundred. So it's like, how do we defend ourselves if we can't get in these meetings? Right now, there's there the if I remember correctly, the two at large spots on the ATP board are filled by Rafa and and Fed. Yes. Now that you've got this group yes. that's put together that that you've put together, and I I think I'm correct in saying at least one or two board members are in this group of discussions. Correct, mm -hmm. at least one or two. Yeah. Why aren't you pushing, or are you pushing for one more? seat or the, one of those at-large representations to be made up of somebody <clears throat> Excuse me. 100 plus 200 plus whatever it may be so that there is more representation for players at the bottom and then i want to get back into some of the specifics of the finances yeah i mean we we are trying we need it um you know because it's been we had travaglia um stefano who was the 100 to 200 range um, former lexington uh finalist a couple years ago in fact random fact wow um <laughs> but yeah so we we have it and you know we just we don't feel like we're a part of it and you know we said this again and not that i deserve it but you know they they know i'm working hard they know i can spread the word to 100 200 it's not happening so it seems like the only way to go about it is to get somebody at these meetings we are working for it right now i'm working towards trying to get you know a part of these conversations and i go back to this all the time i mean and I, and I put it at the most simple level possible of why it's so difficult. I mean, how tough is it just to arrange a phone call with everybody? I mean, between just the logistics of time zones, making sure everybody has time to get on this call, it's insane just on that low level end. And now you want everybody in the same room agreeing upon things between federations, between ATP, WTA. I mean, it's incredible. So, you know, you have the people at the top of the ATP now and, and, the, and the guys running it and it seems like they have these grand ideas to join everybody together, which I think is a great first step in getting everybody on the same page. I just don't know how to go about doing that with all these conflicts of interest. 
What is your understanding of what you will receive, if anything? My understanding is I won't receive anything for this time being. Um, the numbers have kept coming out with 250 to 700, um, which obviously takes me out of the mix. I probably should have lost first round both those tournaments, um, <laughs> which is, you know, I disagree with those numbers. I mean, you know, you're telling me, so they were, when they were talking about what Djokovic, um, Nadal and Fed were talking about with, you know, one to 100 siphoning some money down to 250 to 700 you know a guy that's 650 in the world is probably losing thirty thousand dollars a year so now you're saying he's quadrupling his money intake basically and without paying for expenses making 10k i'm not saying he doesn't need it he obviously financially needs it but you just have to think rationally at that point where does it end and obviously, people within 250 definitely need that. I have friends that are worried about rent inside the top 250 in a couple months from now. So mm -hmm. numbers in my head should be, you know, anywhere from. First of all, taking a step back, it's embarrassing. I don't know how you feel about this. You know, I don't agree. I think what the big three came up with is flawed in a lot of ways. But at least it got the conversation going for, you know, these guys, to see, you know, the federations and ATP and WCA to say, hopefully they're embarrassed that it takes the players within the organization to help the rest of the players out. I mean, this doesn't happen in other sports. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, that that part is the one thing that really did bother me um, out of it was the idea that, you know, when that, that initial plan comes out from, from Novak, that, that somebody who's 86 in the world is going to have to give some money back to help somebody who's 700. I, 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 I mean, it's, it's not their job. It's not their <laughs> it job. Just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't feel right to me. That being said, yeah, there, this is once again, where it, it's one of these points where we have the fact that we have to have four grand slams come together with the ITF, with the, the ATP, with the WTA, that's seven, right. seven different organizations coming together to try to help this. And what we've got now is a $6 million pot split across men and women from 250 to 700. And those numbers seem somewhat arbitrary. Right. And I don't understand. There's not, again, helping these players is crucial. It is important. We've been talking about it for weeks. But there's no yeah, it's just nothing, and there's no of... yeah. the The thought doesn't seem there, and my biggest issue with the whole thing, which we go back to, is they seem so reactive to the situation. We're dealing with this over over months at this point, and we're going to get through. It's going to be 2021, and we're not even going to deal with the opportunity at hand to actually evolve in the sport of tennis. So we've been extremely reactive not dealing with, you know, using this pandemic for something that could be actually beneficial. And at this point, we're going to give away, let's say, $10,000, this arbitrary number that will not help players in the long run. So all you did for four months, let's say, is come out that we're going to get this and you're going to look okay for a day and then you're going to get backlash. That's my biggest issue. And I, I think John Millman uh, said it well, and I'm hoping he will hop on the podcast with us at some point soon. And I'm actually going to send him this clip. But John put it very well. He was echoed by Mark Petchy, uh, a commentator friend of mine. This is covering up or, or trying to, uh, you know, put a little plug in, in the water bursting through of the fact that we have done such a poor job in the sport of taking care of players who are not inside the top 50. We're just trying to kind of fill that in right now. 
that doesn't do anything. Let's fix it. We've been talking about this, you know, well before the pandemic. Let's fix it so that the players lower than 50 in the world are seeing a little bit more of that money and, and start taking it out now. Make this a regular thing so we're, the money is trickling down to the lower levels so the sport continues to grow and build. Yeah, you're putting that like kind of shitty Band-Aid on that you take one yes. shower and it falls off. I mean, this is kind of what we're dealing with. And, you know, again, I'm looking at the sport itself. It's just... It's, it's broken in the way it's marketed. We've marketed the players. We haven't marketed the sport itself. We've marketed the, the big three, you know, probably even two. We've marketed Federer, Nadal, and Serena, let's say. That, those are the players we marketed. We haven't marketed the sport that it's hand. That's why when we lose them, we'll lose tennis. And to, if they think that our sport is going to be on an even keel when we get back after this pandemic... They're wrong. It's either going to go one way or another. It's going to tip one way or another. And if we don't use this time to say, hey, what can we do better as a sport? You know, I understand I have these grand ideas of team events, but, you know, take it at hand. Can we market it in some way? Can we come back and have jerseys and cheering, have DJs, have shorter, you know, matches so we Shorts. can put it? Oh, I thought you were going to say shorter shorts. Right. Sorry. No, no, no. That's just... I know. I know. You want the, I mean, out, that's you want the outlines. I get it. But, you know, uh, yeah. God, we saw your history the other day. We don't need that. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's covering it up. And that's kind of where, again, I'm throwing this word around a little more recently. And I'm also giving a little more credit to the people at the top. I think I would do a little, you know, some things differently. But I don't envy, the, envy their position by any means. I mean, it is extremely difficult, and I call it almost a lost cause with how many moving parts you have without a commissioner, with being so internationally based. I don't know how things get done. That, that's where we're at right now. So if we come and, and it takes another, let's say it takes another month to get a concrete financial plan, I just, you know, and, and you're another month after that, and we don't have time to really build upon the sport or the events or, or working on things. We're just reactive and we're going to tip at a certain point. Are you going to try to be on the new ITF player board? Was thinking about it. Was thinking about it. I think it's something, you know, a lot of people like you have to go on, Noah. This is what you've been fighting for. And I think. You know, not necessarily that everything I'm doing is perfect with Behind the Rack and I'm not getting in every conversation, but I'm working very hard on my front to do what I'm doing to help build a platform. Um, I think it's important to have some of the people I've worked hard with as players. You know, I'm not going to name them right now just in case they don't want to be named yet, but um, players that are just as passionate as me on certain fronts, I think it's very important to have one of them as a part of it, just to have an ear, because again, I know they're busy. I know they're working hard, but I've also seen that some of these guys are doing videos and they're on, I just want a note that you can relate to me so I can tell the rest of the players. I mean, you decide to be on the players council. Let me have a piece of you so I can help the rest of the players. So we're not all questioning and not all throwing out tweets against you. And, you know, it's just another thing. It's more people that are battling each other. I mean, players against players should be the last people battling each other right now. So, again, I'm, I'm losing hope here and there, which is, is disappointing because I'm a fucking New Yorker and I never do. So, um, so again, just to put this in perspective, um, when we were last doing some podcasts about you playing tennis matches, um, you know, you having a one really good week there right at the finish. 
Well, was that Indian Wells uh, got you into the top 250 and cost you as a $6, result? $6,000. $6,000. Good work. <laughs> Way to go, <laughs> Noah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's been an overall theme. And, you know, I'm not saying like the TIU is in the wrong by sending that email, but it's been an overall theme <laughs> that I just feel like I'm always losing opportunities to better myself financially. That's what it's seen in tennis, where we're not going to give you money, but you can't go out on your own. You're going to get the hate mail from betters, but we're not going to join anything betting-wise because why would we do that? That's corruption, even though you can make millions of dollars through that. And it just seems like we're getting the short end or you know, of, of the stick yeah, on both sides. You get the short end a lot. Right, but that's because I'm just short. Right. But I don't know why you always attack me when we're literally eye to eye. At least well, that's because I I'm have sitting hair. Down. I have hair. That's why I wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are actually watching the, the video of this, this is Mike. I'm fat and stupid. I mean, I, I just. He's working hard, just though. Just know handle. that Mike is working hard. I am. Sometimes. And I might actually try to put on pants at some point tomorrow. I'm not sure. Oh, God. What a glorious day it will be. Uh, tomorrow will be another poker day. Twitch.tv slash see Tennis. <laughs> Subscribe. Follow the stream. Uh, if anything, donate what you can. If anything, just to see him <laughs> fall off a chair again was, I mean, it was majestic. Let me just say this. This is a this is a personal one here. Oh, goodness. Uh, the other day, I'm in the... <laughs> no, don't. It's okay. Uh, I'm in the midst of a... Uh, Zoom chat with with my close friends who live back in Champaign, Glenn and Liz, Tony and Jill. And uh, as I sit down, this one, I actually lost my balance and fell over in my chair. Um, I mean, literally, the chair hits the ground. I go along with it. Nobody said anything. And I'm I'm hurt that nobody mocked me. Um, and I think that means I've changed and that I need the mockery. But, yeah, there's so many questions here. Why, yes. why is your equilibrium so far off right now? Uh, I, I drink a lot of liquor at the end of the no, day. No, I get it. You're always okay. usually at a 45 degree angle. That's, that's what we call first position. <laughs> Uh, no, I, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's been a tough couple of days here, you know, <laughs> I've, I've become my mother and that I've started writing down, uh, this is true. My mom, whenever we would go out to lunch or dinner, she would write down on a notepad, uh, things for us to discuss. And now I have become my mother writing down things. I wrote down cocoa and exhibitions and pay for players. And I also wrote down um, something that I'm going to clip from today's podcast and send you. So um, it can be the new ringtone anytime um, you call me. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I, I will let listeners guess if they want to send me what the clip uh, they think the clip was. I'm, I'm certainly um, willing to listen, but you know. it's going to be. It's going to be fun. You know, I know we're kind of at the tail end here. And I think, you know, yeah. this is something important to go over. Um, you know, I'm working on a couple mental health weeks that I want. I'm going to get you involved with as well on Instagram yep. I'm behind the racket. And, you know, I think it's just super important during this time. We've we've talked about it before. But when you say hi, hello, how are you? It carries weight. It carries something that's different nowadays. Mm -hmm. And yep. how are you, Mike? You know, are you okay? If, you know, how are... How's the family? Are you hanging in? Honestly. Yeah. Good days, bad days. 
Um, you know, my ex-wife and I are, we're having some real discussions. You know, our, our daughter is five and a half. Yeah. She has not seen or interacted with another child in 39 days now, as of tonight. That's hard. That's really hard on a child who is an only child. Um, and so I, yeah, we're, we're having those discussions about how we can best, you know, serve her and make sure she's comfortable. She's been an absolute trooper, but that makes it hard on both of her parents. Um, I have my own mental health issues that we've talked about at times and there are good days and bad days. And I am probably drinking more than I really need to right now, but, um, yep. It's just finding that outlet seems difficult in this stage. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm actually working with a professional now, um, mm. week in, week out for a couple of weeks now. Um, and you know, he's helped me out with a, a lot of things. And, and one of them was making sure that I did work out every day, you know, regardless yeah. of me wanting to be in shape, it was just carrying that, you know, that sense of an outlet, that sense of escape. Correct. Um, and I think it's, especially for somebody like you can be difficult at times and, um, yeah, and I think a lot of other people are having issues, so that's why I think it's important just to have these talks and open the lines of communication. So I'm excited for the mental health weeks. I think just to create that platform um, as a little more of a forum sense, a little more of an educational format at times. Um, we're not psychologists by any means, but just a place to feel safe and comfortable, and I'll have therapists on, I'll have professionals on discussing certain topics as well. And will you be doing another Behind the Racket Instagram Live this coming weekend? I will be planning one every Sunday. I will be doing okay. one every Sunday. They are what I feel extremely successful and what I wanted them to do. Get a lot of great questions, connecting people around the world, having this. I just want, we don't have open lines of communication. I just think that's been a lack. And with you know the time that we have and with the technology, I think it's great to utilize it. So again, reach out to loved ones, make sure they're okay. I have people affected by this virus. Um, you know, you always harp on it when you fear the worst and just don't let it get to that point. May I also just say, and I, I don't actually mean this as a, like I'm, I'm being serious now. Uh, yes, I am streaming my poker at twitch.tv slash Mike C Tennis four, four days a week, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, Sundays. Frankly, it's been great to interact with people again. Uh, some of the tennis fans, yeah. um, Galen, GTR. Last night, you were watching Michael Redlicky popped in. Ben Rothenberg was there at the finish last night. Sent me a few texts <laughs> uh, after I fell off my chair. Um, but it's been it's been really great, and we've been having some good on conversations there. So if you can't make Noah's Instagram live, you can always join me on the Twitch channel. And I, I love having those conversations too. And as somebody who's been through uh, mental health battles, I'm, I'm certainly willing to share what I've learned, and hopefully we can make it all better together. And I think that's, uh, you always make it better for me, even if I just, uh, you know, trash you for, let's see, 34 minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it seems like... Uh... It's funny, like, and we've spoken about this before. I, I just, I'm missing the small interactions and, you know, it may sound cheesy, but, you know, whether, you know, I, I win a match of the challenger, I see you, you're running, you have those three minutes in between matches and you say, Hey, and I'm like, what's up? Everything good. And you're like, yeah, just getting a drink and going to the bathroom. And I'm like stretching and doing yoga. It's just like those little things that you miss. You start missing. You never assumed you would because 
I don't know if I actually like you as a person or just enjoy no. your interactions, but regardless. And enjoy watching me fall off of a chair when I lose poker tournaments. It will become a GIF eventually, and I'm yeah. very excited for... I mean, I'm actually going to force you to make it, which is going to be the worst part about that. <laughs> Noah, take care of yourself, and uh, my love to Jamie, your lovely girlfriend, yes. who is, um, I assume, sleeping somewhere. <laughs> no, she's actually interacting with friends at the moment, but she's okay. getting me through this as well. And, you know, let's just stick together and uh, get through this tough time and come out better people. So, uh, guys, interact with us, send us questions, follow us, join the conversation. We have a lot going on. We're excited. Let's try to help each other through. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.